Welcome back, everybody. And uh, here's here's a quote that we like to say again, and it's a quote from the legendary voice of the Dodgers, somebody I looked up to and will help me get to my path and being a broadcaster is Ben Scully. And I can't say the words again, again next week. And uh, I know that we're going to say these words. It's time for Dodger baseball once again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and honestly, even sometimes I'll just look up YouTube videos of the great Ben Scully saying those words because they just, his voice will give me like the, those, that chills, like those chills of when you were a young Dodger fan and he was just a voice of your franchise and he's the greatest to ever do it in my opinion. And I think in many other sports fans opinions, they would agree. Um, the way he was so beloved by every Dodger fan was just unlike many other broadcasters either in the nba nfl or mlb yeah like talk about this in la sports for example chick hearn called laker games for the past decade bob miller was exactly the la kings for 44 years and vince scully is doing it for, done it for 67 amazing years and another la voice is about to hang up the mic and that's ralph lawler the voice of the clippers after 40 years behind the mic yeah that's insane so with vin Kudos to him, man. And if he's hearing us talk about him right now, I hope that he uh, enjoys what we're going to talk about. The reason why we I brought up his quote, it's time for Dodger baseball, is because I can't wait to start talking Dodger baseball with you a lot, do some pregame Dodger stuff, talk about the games that are happening, the pitching matchups. So let's talk about the final four Dodgers Cactus League game. So today I'm looking forward to seeing Corey Seager's return. That's on my mind right now. Yes, that is absolutely on my mind. And I just want to see him square up a ball again. You know, that classic Corey Siegel, Corey Seager opposite field, hard hit ball. Um, I'm very excited for him. I love the way he swings the bat. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to actually, on another note, see how our rotation uh, shakes up. Yeah, especially with uh, Clayton Kershaw being out for at least the first, I'm going to say first two to three weeks because – I think I what I want is to see him get 100% healthy because he's going to start the year on the injured list, and we don't know who's going to start opening days. But in a minute, I'll tell you my prediction on who's going to start opening day for the Dodgers. So so with that being said, um, today I'm looking forward to seeing Julio Urias take the ball today for the against the Cubs, and I expect him to pitch very well. And I think he's making uh, the front office's decision a lot harder than everybody expects because he could be on that rotation to begin opening day, but at the same time, they want to limit his innings. Yeah, I, in my opinion, I think Urias is the third most talented starter on the roster. Um, like, pure talent. I mean, what, the man throws 97. He's got a sweeping curveball like Kershaw, and uh, he can throw a changeup that's probably 15, 20 miles an hour slower than his fastball. So I just think he's got electric stuff. He's 21 years old. Um, I, I kind of want to let him loose. That's what we did to Bueller last year, and look what it did for him. Gave him the big league innings. He was pitching in the big moments and all that. So uh, I hope that he gets a spot in the rotation. But uh, if not, I guess he could start the year in AAA, and he'll probably get called up sporadically. But what I like even about the Kershaw industry, uh, the Kershaw industry, <coughs> sorry, the Kershaw injury is that um, – I love Clayton Kershaw when he's fully healthy because that's when he's elite. It's when he gets overworked and he's injury prone, and that's when he starts to you know slip up a little bit when something's bothering him and he's pitching through it. And when it comes playoff time, I want my elite Clayton Kershaw. I don't want my 
you know, shoulder issue, back pain, any of that. Yeah, so, I don't like that either. I want a full uh, healthy Kershaw on a full season, but unfortunate that he's not going to make – He's unfortunately, he's not going to be starting opening day next Thursday. But uh, to the question that we're going to talk about, between Rich Hill and Hengen Ryu, who's going to be the opening day starter? For me, I'm picking Hengen Ryu to start opening day next Thursday. Uh, is Walker Bueller out of, out of the question? Yeah, Robert said he ruled him out for opening day. But Bueller oh, pitched wow. well yesterday, by the way. Yeah, he did pitch well. He did pitch well. Um, yeah, man. I mean, those two are great options. I, I do – I might even want to say Ross Stripling. Yeah, he's going to be in the rotation to begin the year, so. Yeah. Um, maybe Ross Stripling. It'll be interesting to see, like, how Dave – approaches the game because I feel like if we go at it like this is going to be our number one guy in the rotation until Kershaw gets out it should probably be Rich Hill or Ryu but if it's kind of like I'm gonna throw my sixth rotation guy out there and then go from there with our rotation maybe Stripling I mean Stripling did have a pretty poor later half of the year but he has been impressing me this spring I don't know if you've been paying attention to the way he's been pitching but his curveball looks phenomenal like I haven't I think he's improved it I, I don't know he was I think he was pitching against the White Sox a few days ago, and he whipped he whipped a few batters, and I was like, wow. Like, that dropped a lot. Like, there was a lot of movement on that pitch. So I'm excited to see how he rebounds. I mean, he was an all-star. But if it's not him, I think it'll probably go to a Hill. I love Ryu as well, but I'm just excited because I think we have five guys who are all phenomenal starting pitchers, five or six guys that could be one or two – like an ace or a second-tier starter on many other big league teams, most other big league teams. Yeah, so I I expect this Dodgers team to be the best in baseball when it comes to their uh, starting rotation this year. Oh, I agree, 100%. So your pick is either Ryu and Hill. For me, I'm going with Ryu. Yeah, I'd have to go with Ryu as well um, because Ryu, he – he just showed almost elite stuff last year. What was his ERA? Low twos. In the low when he twos, came off the, ones. Yeah, when he came off the uh, when he came off the DL, or I guess they call it the injury, in, the injured list now. Um, I thought his stuff was phenomenal. He was locating his pitches better than I had seen it before, and his his breaking balls look good as well. Um, he's more of a polished player. I know he's a bit. Old. Yeah, he's thirty one years old. I know he hasn't been in the big leagues too long, but last year was his fifth year. So I'm kind of like, okay. Like, he spent that year. I know 2016 he was out the whole year and a lot of 2017. But in his first two years, his rookie year, he was 14-8 with a three ERA through 192 innings. That's pretty much ace ace level, if not close to it. I didn't I didn't actually realize that. I'm looking at that right now. But um, last year, yeah, he was 7-3 and three with a 1.97 in the 82 innings he pitched. But if he can re- repeat that rookie year, even his sophomore year, when he threw 152 innings and put up somewhere in the twos or threes, I mean, that's that's basically an ace. Yeah, you're right about that. So <laughs> now I'll tell you who I predict is going to be the opening series starters for the Dodgers when they play the Diamondbacks. So for the Dodgers, I have Ryu going next Thursday. I have Richo going next Friday. I have Walker Bueller going on Saturday on his bobblehead night. And then on Sunday, I ha- next Sunday, I have Ross Dribbling going on Sunday. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. That's, uh, that's probably what I would predict as well. Um, Walker Bueller would have to go to his bobblehead night, and I'm sure he'll light it up um, with his 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. That, yeah, that would be an exciting game. 
Saturday. And also the reason why I have Ross Stripling going against the Diamondbacks on Sunday is because I don't really trust Kenta Maeda starting against the Diamondbacks, by the way. And I and the reason yeah. why I have Kenta Maeda going against the Giants on Monday when it's our first series with the Giants is because Maeda pitches better at, against the Giants, especially at Dodger Stadium. Because when yeah. Maeda pitches at AT&T Park, he doesn't look good there. That's why I like him pitching against the Giants right at, the, at Dodger Stadium to begin that series because I think Kenta pitches better against the Giants at home. Um, I, I would agree. And I also think Kenta just does better at home. Personally, I would love to see Kenta mainly out of the bullpen this year because um, he really opened my eyes actually in the 2017 playoffs when Doc started using him out of the bullpen because he doesn't necessarily have great stuff on any pitch, but he is elite at locating his fastball. And I feel like out of out of our bullpen guys, he's sharp. And I don't know. I'd love to see him just have a nice setup role next to – Next to um, Jansen. Joe, yeah, Jansen and Joe Kelly. And uh, see how he does. Um, if not, though, I think he'd be a reliable six or seven starter. Obviously, he's, he's done that in the past. But I really noticed, like, especially in the 2017 postseason, that he was just, it seemed like him and Braden Morrow were just unhittable at the time. Oh, you're, you're, you're absolutely right about that. So now, yeah. uh, so now that being said, um, I, I really think Kenta Maeda is going to be a going to be a good piece to this uh, rotation for the Dodgers, and also at some point expect Julio Urias to make the open to make to be in the rotation. But actually, I have Julio Urias making my uh, opening my projected opening day uh, roster when it comes to the bullpen. So we'll get to that in just a little bit right here. So now, so now we talked about Kershaw starting not starting opening day. So we talked about Ryu. So now let's go talk about our uh outlining the 25 man roster for the Dodgers. so let's start with the pitchers so i have for my starting rotation it's going to be ryu hill Mueller, stripling and maeda in that order so ryu stripling ryu, wait, 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 wait what did you say i said ryu hill bueller stripling and maeda yeah, I would have to say the same. I mean, if Bueller was able to start opening day, I think we'd all put him as our number one starter. But I think uh, Ryu is the second most talented starter on that list. Um, and then I would go Rich Hill, uh, Rich Hill, Bueller, yeah, Stripling and Urias. I personally think uh, Urias, if he starts doing really well um, – because I agree with you, he's going to start in the bullpen, which I don't necessarily agree with because I've seen him not do as well in the bullpen in the past, even though he was young. But I think if he does well in a in a smaller role, then he will definitely get launched in the starting rotation, similarly to how Walker Buehler was last year when we dealt with injuries. Because, I mean, man, he throws – what? I mean, I'm looking at his spring training stats. In the nine innings he's pitched, he's put up one run. A one or uh, Yeah, a run. A run in nine innings. Um, last year, he only pitched four four innings in the regular season, which actually is insane to me. Um, in 2017, he threw uh, 23 innings. And in 2016, he threw 77 innings, which was actually his most. And uh, he was 19 years old then and was still able to go 5-2 and two with a 3.3 at 19 years old. So now what, he's 21 or 22? He is he's got a little more years old right now. 22, you said? Yeah. So he's got a little more velocity on that fastball. He's been working on that breaking ball. Um, he got that eye thing. 
that was going on and affecting his vision. He got that all worked out. So I'm really that's the one Dodger um, I'm really looking forward to watching because I mean what growing up I remember he was on every prospect list. Everyone was saying he is the next Kershaw, and I mean unfortunately he had the Tommy John surgery, but like now it's his time. Yeah, Urias had the shoulder surgery. That's- or shoulder surgery, sorry. And I think he's he looks great. He looks he's in good shape, and I expect him to be a big part of our of our success this year. So let me predict my bullpen for the Dodgers to begin the season. So I have Caleb Ferguson as a long reliever. Same with Julio Urias. Yimi Garcia, I've been very impressed with this uh, this spring. Scott Alexander had a tough first year, but I expect better things from him this year. Pedro Baez is yet to unleash, but I kind of I expect him to have that breakout season this year. And then the bridge to Jansen will go from Dylan Floro to Joe Kelly to Kenley Jansen. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that as well. Um, and yeah, Scott Alexander did did struggle, but he has been so effective in the past that I really think he'll come into his own. His ground ball rates uh, were still it was it was in the playoffs. He he kind of blew up, right? Wasn't doing very well. Yeah, in the playoffs he wasn't doing that great. And then there was one game I saw when I went to a Dodgers Giants game last year when he blew a save. Which man, yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking at it right now. You're right. I mean. He was two and one with a three point six eight ERA, and from a reliever, personally, I, I don't like to see anything over like three. I'm weird about that, but I think for a reliever, like they really should not be given runs, especially when you're when you're playing for the Los Angeles Dodgers um, at a rate of that nature. Yeah, he actually um, let me see, he uh, he was six six innings, um, and. He gave up 57 hits, so that's almost a hit an inning. He gave up 27 earned runs, and he gave up four homers. So I'd love to see him decrease each of those. Um, and I'd love to see his ground ball rate go up, because the year before in Kansas City, he had a 2.4 ERA, and he was throwing ground balls like no other. So, I mean, inducing ground balls like no other. So if he could do that, I think he would be a lefty weapon for us, along with uh, Tony Singrani when he comes back. Um, I like the way he pitches. Uh, and I, I agree with you with uh, Yimi Garcia. I've actually always liked him a lot. He was on our team, I think, in 2016. Yeah, for an extended period of time. In 2016, he was hurt. He had form. He had a forearm injury. Then he had Tommy John surgery. Caleb Ferguson's yeah. a guy that I think is ready to be that lefty weapon out of the bullpen. Yeah, Caleb Ferguson impressed me last year. He, sure he did really too. did. Yeah, and he did well. He did super well. He called. He was called up from AAA, right? I didn't really know who he was. I was like, I remember just watching the Dodgers one day on TV. I'm like, who the hell is this Ferguson guy? And he, he was, he was, you know, he was throwing his curveball. He was striking batters out. Um, but yeah, I think that as well for my last spot in the bullpen. So I agree with you on everything. Um, and I would also give. Uh, I wouldn't throw Chargois or Chargo. I, I don't know how you pronounce it. I really, Chargois, I, I, yeah, I'm not going to throw him in my bullpen. Um, I mean, I, I, every time I felt like he came out and he freaking blew it. So I'm not going to put him in my bullpen, um, but I am going to include Pedro Baez because I know he is many Dodger fans' worst enemy. And we all have that memory of Pedro Baez giving up a home run to blow a game. I'm sure we all do. But he also has electric stuff, and he did really well last year. He had a three ERA, um, around three, yeah, 2.88. Yeah, he did phenomenally. And he did well in 2017 as well. Um, he didn't do as well, and he definitely had some blown games in big situations in years prior to that. But in 2017 and 2018, he's pitched below a three ERA. He's doing 60 innings. Um, 
he's struck out. Let's see, struck out sixty-five guys each year. He's hold batters to a two-twenty. So I'd I'd take him somewhere along the bridge from Kenley Jansen to our starting pitcher any day, either if it's in the sixth or seventh inning, or even if he's a matchup guy, if they want to face him against a righty and um, go that route. But I I am hoping that he keeps improving and uh, proves to a lot of fans that he could succeed even in sticky situations. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the my formula to Kenley Jansen is going to go like this. It's going to be we're going to go from Floro to Kelly to Jansen. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think maybe if there's runners on, um, maybe an Alexander. I, I remember that's what we were that's what his job was supposed to be last year. But um, I really hope he can just start inducing more ground balls and uh, coming into his own because that was a big acquisition for us. At least in my opinion, I thought he would have done much better than he ended up doing. But, yeah, Floro, he came out of nowhere as well. Um, I really like him. And Joe Kelly could throw... pick up, too. Oh, my, I mean, he's a phenomenal pickup. I mean, we're paying him, we're paying him what, $25 million over a couple of, what, three years? Yes. And then I think yeah. expect Joe Kelly to be the setup man to Kenley Jansen. Yeah, and he, he throws 100 miles an hour. And I know he kind of had, had troubles as a starting pitcher, but, man, he mowed us down in the World Series. I went to game four, and that was the best and worst day of my life, I have to say. But um, when he came on to pitch that game, I just wanted to get out of my seat and leave. I was like, we are cooked. Like This man is mowing us down. He's throwing 100 miles an hour with an 82-mile-an-hour slider and an 85-mile-an-hour changeup. How do you adjust to that? Like, I was blown away. Super surprised the Red Sox didn't want to keep him, but I'm glad he's a Dodger. Yeah, I'm glad that Joe Kelly's a Dodger because he's a SoCal kid. He's going to help us win the World Series, and I expect the Dodgers' starting rotation and bullpen to be the best in baseball this year, and I feel that right now. Yeah, I do as well. I, I, I would always get – I would get frustrated with our bullpen last year at times, but um, I feel like now we've kind of honed in and with the acquisition of Joe Kelly – that was the one piece we really didn't have last year. It was that like dominant setup man, like we did in Brandon Morrow the year prior. We thought we were getting that at Alexander, but we really didn't have a guy. But now we do, and that's important when um, our pitchers can throw six or solid seven innings, and then you go into the the eight and nine, and you know you're screwed. You know you got two of the best relievers in baseball coming up. Yeah. So I felt like. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Sorry, you, you can go. My bad. So now let's go from the pitchers and now let's go to the position players which is by far one of my favorite positions to talk about so let's start with the catchers so i don't really have a a true starting catcher at this point when it comes to the when the season starts so i have it being russell martin and austin barnes so i think i would expect both russell martin and austin barnes to share the playing time behind the dish this season but i think how here's how I view the opening day starting catcher to go in each way. So if Ryu starts on opening day, I expect Russell Martin to catch Ryu. If it's Rich Hill, expect that to be Barnes. Yeah, so I think it's going to be interesting uh, how Doc decides to start the year. I think Barnes is definitely a more versatile player. Uh, he's younger. Um, he definitely has some potential. I loved Russell Martin as a kid, so I'd actually love to see him start opening day just for those feelings. But... Um, I think down the line it should be Austin Barnes and maybe even in September, eventually uh, Kiebert Ruiz. I mean, 
He's what, 20, 20 years old? He's I know he's young. And also, Will Smith's a guy I also like too. Yeah, he's phenomenal yeah. as well. Um, but when I watch Kiebert hit, he reminds me of like a Carlos Santana or like a Brian McCann or like something of that nature. And I'd love that. I mean, even unfortunately, kind of Yasmani Grandal with less strikeouts. Yeah, I'm excited about Kiebert Ruiz. He's going to be our guy long term. But for now, we got a bridge guy in Russell Martin so that we can bridge it to Kiebert Ruiz and Will Smith. He- yeah, yeah, and that and that'll work well because also Russell Martin is good defensively. He he doesn't let many pass balls go by. Um, he knows Clayton Kershaw. He's going to do well with the rotation. Barnes already knows the rotation. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, offensively, uh, Austin Barnes probably has a slight edge unless Russell Martin can get his power back, which he kind of has shown in spring training. He he had a nice home run the other day. I was surprised he got all of that one. Yeah, I was very, I was, I was really impressed with what, how Russell Martin's playing this spring. So, for me, I'm kind of neutral. Who's going to start opening day catcher depends on who start. I'm kind of want to say is it depends who's starting opening day. If it's Ryu, I'm going with Russell Martin to catch Ryu. If it's Rich Hill, the reason why I'm saying Austin Barnes should catch Rich Hill is because they have a good battery made together when Austin Barnes catches Rich Hill. Yeah, I agree as well because Rich Hill actually. Yeah, Rich Hill is not easy to catch. He's got probably one of the nastiest curveballs in the league, if not the nastiest, um, because he is the one dude where you literally know, like you're stepping up to the plate and you know what you're getting and you still can't hit it. Like, you know that he's going to throw you two or three curveballs and you still are going to whiff on every single one. Um, but that could induce a lot of ground balls or a lot of pass balls. Like I remember just in the playoffs when he started, he started the game I went to. Yasmani let a few pass balls in game four. Um, he couldn't handle Richelle. And that's when Doc was like, hell with it. But um, I, I would agree with you. If it's Rich Hill, I think Austin Barnes knows him a lot more. He's been on the team for a few years together. And uh, that would be a good fit. And then with Martin, I see him catching Kershaw. I see him catching uh, Bueller for sure. And then I see Barnes catching uh, Hill and uh, Maeda and Ryu for sure. And Martin will yeah. catch some Ryu too. Yeah, and I'm sure Martin will, you know, catch catch more guys as the season progresses and he gets more reps and all. But um, to start the year, I think I definitely agree with you. Depending on who they pick, that's who will um, will end up starting at the catcher spot. Yeah, you mean if, if whoever starts opening day, if it's between Hill or uh, Ryu, then it's either going to be either Martin or either Barnes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now um, let's go to the infielders, which that's going to be a set – set lineup when it comes to starting infielders. So that's pretty much set in stone. So um, my starting infield group goes like this. Starting at first base is Max Muncy. Starting at second base, Kike Hernandez. At shortstop, Corey Seager. And at third base, our captain, Justin Turner. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, It's going to be interesting, I think. I personally would love Kike to start at second base. I think he deserves it. He's worked his ass off, but um, I'd be interested to see if uh, Doc wants to go with Taylor. I mean, I wouldn't be necessarily surprised if he would go with Taylor. Um, I'm actually going with Kike in this one because Kike has the more potential than Chris Taylor. I like, I love Chris Taylor, to be honest. He's a game changer. He's a grinder. He can play anywhere. But I think last year he had a good year, but it wasn't the year that I expected for Chris Taylor to have. That's why I'm going with Kike Hernandez starting at second base. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you um, with Kike. I, he's been one of my favorite Dodgers ever since we acquired him in the D. Gordon trade. Uh, I love his power potential. I mean, he hit 21 home runs last year and limited at-bats. Oh. He hit 21 yeah. bombs last year and limited at-bats. 
And uh, I think if he plays every day, he can do real well. I like his swing. Uh, I don't know if you noticed. I think he got a bit lower in his swing. He's trying to – let me move. Um, he need, he's uh, trying to hit the low ball or the high ball a little bit better. He hits the low ball really well, obviously. But um, I know he was striking out a lot in the World Series, like whipping on high pitches. So that's interesting for me to see as well how he evolves. And I think he should be an everyday player in the league. I mean, he certainly has proved it. Yeah, like he, on any other on any other team in the league, Kike would be their starting infielder, hands down. Yeah, he, but are you? But do you agree with me that Kike Hernandez is going to be the starting second baseman for the Dodgers? Yeah, I I agree with you. In my opinion, that he will. Like, I think that he should. Doc Rivers will do. Doc said that uh, that second base will be shared by Kike and Chris Taylor, but I think Kike is going to get more of those reps at second base because yeah, I, yeah. I would I would he, love that. He had a great year last year, 21 home runs, but I think he's going to have a good year average-wise this year. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for because his average was around 260. I remember come All-Star break, I think it dropped damn near like 2 to 220. And in the playoffs, he was like 1 for 25 or something, and he struck out a bunch. So I think with him as well, it's a confidence thing. He's got a lot of swagger. I love when he's having fun, when he's, when he's loving the game of baseball. Um, so I think it all depends if he's having fun, if, if he's enjoying himself. That's when we really see the best version of Kike Hernandez. I think Kike's enjoying himself, and I expect big things out of him this year. Yeah, that'd be great. If you agree with me. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. And then my reserve infielders will be David Freeze, who I don't expect to play. I don't expect him to play every day. And also Chris Taylor will be a reserve infielder as well. Yeah, I would agree as well. I think David Freeze will spell Max Muncie at first when uh, when uh, there's a left-handed pitcher or if Max Muncie's slumping. Um, and I think Taylor will kind of – well, because he can play any position, so he's just going to go around the field and uh, fill in wherever needed. The reason why role. I don't have David Freeze playing every day is because I expect Max Muncie and uh, Cody Ballinger to be in the lineup every day, regardless if it's a righty or a lefty. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Um, I think Cody Bellinger at least should be. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see whether Max Muncie how he hits against both sides. Um, I know he was. He did have pretty fair splits, but uh, down the stretch he did strike out a lot to left-handed pitching. And I know, uh, like in the World Series, for example, Freeze started what out of the five games we played, didn't Freeze start three of them? And it was kind of a poor decision in, in my opinion um, because he's a great player, but he should just be a pinch hitter. Or, you know, a, a, a bat off the bench, but nothing more than that. I mean, he's, he's getting old now, and uh, he's just – he's going to be a reliable piece, but I definitely can't see Freeze playing more than uh, 30 or 40% of the games. Yeah, so I don't expect David Freeze to play every day for us. I expect him to be a yeah. guy that's, like, off the bench, can hit a lefty for a pinch hit home run. That's that's exactly what I expect, uh, David Freeze to have this year. Yeah, and yeah. If Justin Turner needs a day off at third base, then I would expect him to start there. Or if it's a tough lefty that Roberts really likes him to start against, then I could throw him in there. Yeah, like if he's got some good splits against a certain pitcher, I could see that. But David Freeze is not an everyday player for us. He's going to be a once a week starter. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I don't have David Freeze starting every day. But he'll yeah, I would agree with sure. you. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think we signed him for that reason as well. I think he knows going into it that he wasn't really fighting for a starting spot. He knew he was going to come off the bench. But, I mean, that's what it takes. When you, when you are on a really good team like the Los Angeles Dodgers, you're going to have to take a step back. Um, 
he could be starting on a poor team. He could be starting on the Minnesota Twins, but he wants to win, and I, I respect that because that, those are the type of players I want on our team. Yeah, David Freeze has taken over the Chase Utley role. So now that being said, let's talk about our starting outfield group. So it goes like this. Starting in right field to take over the void that was left by Yasiel Puig is right fielder Cody Bellinger. Starting in center field, A.J. Pollock, our newest, our recent uh, free agent pickup that we got in January. And in left field, who I'm very excited about, and I'm going to unleash about him a lot and brag on him throughout the season is Alex Verdugo. Yeah, I mean, I – I would agree with you as well. Um, I think Verdugo should be playing every day. I love Jock Peterson. Um, I, I don't know, really know what we're going to do with him because I do think Verdugo will turn into that everyday player because he can hit for average. He will have around 20 home run power, 15 to 20. Um, he can hit in anywhere in the order. Um, and, you know, Jock is, Jock is a phenomenal player. He can hit 250. He'll give you 25, 30 bombs. He'll strike out a bunch, but he can crush the ball. Um, and I just feel like if we plan on starting Verdugo, we should get some trade value for Jock Peterson because I don't think it would be worth it to have a player like that just sitting around as the fourth or fifth outfielder. I think it would be unfair to him. It would be. But also, this Dodgers front office is a tough decision to make because talk about Brad Miller having a phenomenal swing. And he could, he could spell Jock Peterson from, those, from the 25-man roster. Yeah, I was, I was actually thinking about this morning. And – um, I was reading this article. Brad Miller has a 30 home run season under his belt. He could be a guy that's a utility player off the bench and that could start anywhere. When we yeah, he crushed the ball last night. He's got some power. And I mean, he, yeah, and, and let me read his stats from 2015. I was, it, was, it blew my mind. I know he's a smaller dude, but he had like 30, 30 bombs, maybe 75 RBIs when he was playing every day. And then he had some injuries and went through some stuff. But when he was playing on the field, he was amazing. And the thing about him, too, is that if we cut him, he is just going to uh, leave via free agency. If we, if we assign him a AAA, he has the option to just leave during free agency and uh, join another ball club, which I certainly will. So I really don't know. Brad Miller is kind of like my sleeper pick to be on the Dodgers 25-man roster because I, I haven't seen that much of Jock Peterson evolve this spring because Jock Peterson – hasn't really uh, had a good spring. So I, I kind of – I'm going to read something to you right now is that I expect Jock to be the team's fourth outfielder, and on days that Pollock rests, I would expect Jock Peterson to go in left field and put Alex Verdugo in center. And if Brad Miller makes the roster, I would expect Brad Miller to be in left field too and move Alex Verdugo to center. Yeah, yeah, that, I would agree. Um, you know, I know Jock started as a center fielder, but we all know he's gained some weight. He's less athletic than he was when he came into the league. Um, he's honestly his his best fit would probably be on an AL roster, where he doesn't have to he doesn't have to play the outfield all the time. An AL team could slide him into the DH role. They could hide him a bit less. Um, they could play him against that right-handed pitcher that he could smash. Uh, he wouldn't have to play the field. But it's interesting. Um, I know a lot of Dodger fans do like Jock a lot. I like Jock a lot. I think when he's on, he's one of the best hitters we have. But it's interesting because Brad Miller's been killing it. And I'm reading right now, like in 2016, which is only, I guess, uh, it feels a while ago. It's about to be three seasons ago. But uh, Brad Miller hit 243. He hit a 482 slugging, 786 OPS, 30 home runs, and 81 RBIs. Like that's you can't just do that and not be like not be anything like that. Those are 
phenomenal statistics for any big league guy. And I don't know if he can come back to that form or, I mean, not, I mean, I don't expect him to be that player, but if he can come back to half of that player, I think he deserves a bench spot. Yeah. So I don't know. This is tough because Brad Miller's really killing it this spring. And I do think that he could earn a spot on the Dodgers 25 man roster to begin the season because I'm not really too pleased with Jock Peterson right now. And also, one thing that's interesting is that Brad Miller plays all over the field. Jock Peterson does not. So, I'm kind of leaning towards that with Verdugo starting in left field. I would expect uh, Brad Miller to make the to make the roster. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because um, if you look at the 25-man roster, it would either probably have to come down to Brad Miller or Jock Peterson. Yes. Alex right? There's only one more spot. History. Yeah, Alex, and didn't Jock, uh, Doc, Doc said he's going to be on the roster. Yes, he said that Alex Verdugo is going to be on the roster. Yeah, so, I mean. So, what I'm see. thinking is that I think Brad Miller is most likely going to, is, is going to, is going to kick Jock Peterson off the Dodgers roster. Yeah, I mean, I think from the eyes view that, Definitely by like by it's the spring training statistics and everything and how they've both been playing and competing that Brad Miller has been definitely showing him up. I mean, uh, you you spoke on this earlier. I'm reading it right now. Uh, Jock Peterson's hitting a buck seventy five this spring. He's getting on base about twenty six percent of the time. He's only slugging fifty percent, point seven OPS. That those are not that's not what you want at all, especially for a guy that's fighting for that spot. Like he's got to be better than that. Um, last year, I thought he had a really nice year. He came back from 2017 where he was awful and he had 25 home runs. He hit 56 ribbies, hit 250, slugged the highest of his career. And he, uh, had the highest OPS of his career as well. I guess besides his 2015 rookie all-star year, but, um, Jock Peterson, he's 27 years old now. Uh, He's 27 years old now. And you're right. It's like, what are we going to get out of him? How much potential does he really have? Um, it's about to be his sixth year in the big leagues. And um, I don't know. I, I, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm a supporter of Jock Peterson, but for the success of the Dodgers, I really don't know if he's the right fit going forward. And if, I think if we can get um, a pitcher or a reliable arm for Jock Peterson, I would pull the trigger immediately. Yeah. Right now, Dave Roberts is a very, has a hard time deciding if Brad Miller is going to stick around or not, but, I would be shocked if Brad Miller does not stick around. Yeah, I would too. But I think at the same time, if they do have to choose between Jock Peterson and Brad Miller, um, I feel like the front office would feel more inclined to keep Jock Peterson on the roster just because he's been a Dodger for six years. And, you know, he came up through the farm system and all that. Um, Because can Jock even go to AAA? Doesn't he have a major league contract? He kind of does. But I kind of think if – if the Dodgers want to trade him for some minor league prospects, they could do that. So, oh, absolutely, yeah. So we'll yeah, see. I wouldn't but be surprised. Yeah. All in all, I expect Alex Verdugo to be the team's starting left fielder. He's had a very good spring, and I've, I've really, I've really been impressed with him all spring. Yeah, I, I would hope, man. I mean, he has a really smooth lefty swing. He uh, makes contact a lot with the ball, and that's one thing our team has lacked. You know, we our players need to be making contact with the with the ball, like. I felt like last year we were a really good team. That was the most talented team I've ever seen from the Los Angeles Dodgers talent. But it was a bunch of guys who can kind of hit a home run or strike out. 
We saw a lot of that. A lot of four or five home run games. I actually went to the game against Milwaukee. We we beat them like twenty one to twenty one to three or something at Dodger Stadium. Um, I watched. I think Dozier hit two home runs. Bellinger hit a home run. I think we had yeah, like six yeah, or seven was- home runs. Yeah, it was absolutely absurd. And as a fan, that was that was a phenomenal game to have attended. But um, I want to see less of that and more of hey, let's hit a few doubles and then maybe drive you in with a three run shot or with another another base knock. And I think Verdugo is a guy who can do that or set the table. Same with Pollock. I like they balance our lineup a bit more than having like a Machado or I don't know even like a Chris Taylor and. Uh, Right now, for the, yeah. I expect Jock Peterson to be our fourth outfielder on the roster to begin the season. Yeah, and then uh, then where does Brad Miller to be the fifth or to be an infielder? We don't know. I mean, or, I'm, or to I'm, not I'm, make the roster. I expect the Dodgers to go with an eight-man bullpen to begin the season. Oh yeah, I could see that. I could see that as well. Just add the extra position player. Yeah, that's why. That's why I'm going with a with a eight-man bullpen with a four-man bench. I would, I would honestly prefer that. Get more options off the bench. Was that? Because I feel like our bullpen guys are are phenomenal. I, I don't see why we'd need another like just minor league bullpen guy who probably won't play as much, versus a guy who's proven to us that he can perform at a high level. Yeah, or if the Dodgers, if you, if you're, you're also open to the Dodgers going in the direction that they have a seven man pen, and, and so that they make room for Brad Miller. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would favor that for sure. But right now, I'm expecting the Dodgers to go an eight-man pen with a four-man bench. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised. Um, that was you said an eight-man pen and a four-man bench. Yeah, that would be like eight relievers and a four-man bench because I think having an extra pitcher for extra inning games is beneficial because you know how much the Dodgers like to burn out the bullpen sometimes. Yeah. I could see that. Who would you have off the bench then? It would be uh, it would be Barnes, Freeze, Taylor, and Jock. And then Brad Miller would just not make the roster. Was that? And then Brad Miller would not make the roster. Yeah, or yeah, if, if he doesn't make the roster, I could see him taking a minor league assignment. Yeah, I'd hope so. I'd hope so. Just to with the notion that he would get called up. Yeah. Yeah, I would hope so because I know he can reach free agency if he if he chooses to get reassigned. Um, but that would be interesting because he could be the next. You know, like I feel like every year we have that one guy who was a nobody, and the front office seems to find him and re- revitalize his career. You know, we had Chris Taylor, Justin Turner, Max Muncy. All those guys were absolutely nobodies before they came to the Dodgers. Yeah, absolutely. So now, um, with that being said, I'll give you my projected lineup for the Dodgers. So. I have it going two ways. I'll give you the lineup with Martin. So I have it like that. Verdugo, Seager, Turner, Muncy, Pollock, Bellinger, Martin, Hernandez. And the one with Barnes goes like this. Verdugo, Seager, Turner, Muncy, Pollock, Bellinger, Hernandez, and Barnes. Okay, so I would go Verdugo, uh, Verdugo, Seager, Turner, Bellinger, Pollock, Muncy, in the sixth hole, and then I would go uh, Kike Hernandez, Austin Barnes, and then the pitcher. Yeah, the reason why I have Max – you heard me say Max Muncy batting fourth, though. Yeah, I did. And the reason why I say that is because I thought he had a great year and I could trust him being the cleanup, cleanup hitter. And with Bellinger batting sixth, for me, is because I think it will, it will just slowly regain his confidence. That's why I have Bellinger in the sixth hole and Muncy in the four hole. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, for me, I'm, I'm just 
I, I kind of am hoping and expecting that Bellinger is going to have a year similarly to 2017. And with Max Muncy, he had a phenomenal year last year, but the sophomore slump is real. So I want to see how he can do, and I want to see if he can repeat that before I would trust him in the four hole. And I have, but I see. And then with with the with the seven hole, I have it being with I have Martin hitting seventh when he starts, and then with and with if Austin Barnes starts, I have him hitting eighth. So that keep gave bat seventh. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. So really, I gave you my lineups for both. So did you give me your lineup with Martin? Oh, uh, with Martin, I would I, I would do the same. I would have him batting seventh, and I would have Kike. Uh, I would have Taylor batting. Or I would if I had Barnes in the lineup, I would have Barnes hitting eighth, Kike hitting seventh, and then if I had Martin in the lineup, I would hit Martin seventh, and then Kike or Taylor eighth. Yeah, that's depending. what I meant to say here. So yeah. my final MLB thought is uh, I'm looking forward to opening day, and uh, and also uh, now we'll do an opening day preview. So expect Ryu or Hill to get the opening day start against Zach Greinke of the Diamondbacks next week. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because obviously uh, Zach Greinke is a former Dodger. I don't think he's too fond of our organization um, ever since he spurned us, which is fine. Um, if you uh, – <clears throat> If, uh, you know, you can't beat the best, then you aren't the best. So, the Diamondbacks can stay in fourth place in our division. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, but my yeah. final MLB thought is, of the day is that Elo Jimenez signed a record-setting extension with the White Sox, so expect him to make noise in the American League when it comes to the American League Rookie of the Year. I have him and uh, him and uh, what you going to call this and Vlad Jr. fighting for that, but I think Vlad will Oh, Vlad Jr. And then, yeah, so the Vlad Jr. is phenomenal. Expect that to be Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, he's phenomenal as well. All those players are. I'm very excited. Um, and maybe even Verdugo. I mean, if Verdugo can, if for, I wouldn't be surprised if Verdugo places second or third in the in the National League. But Tatis is he's he's very hyped up and all of that. He's going to make every headline off the bat. And also, Victor Robles will be in the conversation as well. Oh, uh, for the Nationals, yeah, he's he's fantastic. Yeah, so next week we'll predict our awards and all that. So now that being said, we'll take a break and let's talk football after this. Okay.